0: Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. This is a message given by Tom Job on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2022, from Matthew chapter five and Luke chapter two.
1: So one of the things I think for me that I love the most about, just about Christmas is that like Christmas Eve service, we always do it. Christmas is what you always do. You don't even have to think about it. And if you think about it, some of it's kind of weird, really, if you, th- you know what I mean. Like, I, So I bet like everybody, probably almost everybody in here when you go home, you have a tree in your house. Like, you know, like my mom would have a cow if we drug leaves it in the house, and then all at a certain point, we have a tree in our house. So, like for us, like Christmas season began. So I got five, four brothers and two sisters. And Christmas season began when my dad would send um, us five boys down into the Greenbelt off of Michigan Avenue with saws, and we climb up uh, long needle white pines and we and we 20, 30 feet, and we cut off the top ten feet out of three of them, and we drag them up to our house. And my dad has been like twenty hours just putting them all together so that we had the biggest Christmas tree in town. So for us. Christmas really started out with a string of felonies, I think, think by the Maple Lane crime family. We we always did it. So nobody really knows why we... Christmas trees. Why do we do it? No, nobody really knows. Like the New England Puritans, they said the reason people bring Christmas trees in their houses because it's pagan, and the reason we do it is we don't really care. And um, But, so some people say it comes from Saint Bonifacio, who was a missionary to the German Druids in the 8th century, and at a certain point they were worshipping an oak tree, and so he took out his axe and he chopped it down with one chop, and spontaneously on that very spot, an evergreen tree grew up and pointed up to heaven, to the true God, and that's why we do it. (laughs) Maybe. So the more (laughs) Protestant among us, they always believe that Martin Luther got lost in the woods on Christmas Eve, and suddenly a a tree just lit up, and he walked over to it, and the next tree lit up, and he walked over to that one, and they just lit up one after another, and he followed them, and that's how he got back to hearth and home. (laughs) Maybe that happened. (laughs) But... Actually, nobody really knows. And we sing songs that we really don't know what they mean about. Good King Wenzel came down on the feast of Stephen and the snow laid on the ground so soft and fresh and even. Anybody have a clue about that one? <laughs> I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, I saw three ships come sailing in. The Christ child and his lady were there on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, we sailed on into Bethlehem. Okay, you can't really do that. Like the reason the wise men <laughs> came on camels is you could sail into Bethlehem. <laughs> chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I don't know if you've ever had roasted chestnuts, but so we lived in Italy for a long time. And everybody grows, lives in apartment buildings, but people who lived in the country had a house where they might have a fireplace and a chimney, and all the chimneys had a chain that came down the middle of the chimney with a steel basket, and that's where they roasted their chestnuts, their castagna, when they had a castagnata, where they roasted all the chestnuts. I think they're disgusting. I mean, they're disgusting. I mean, they don't taste like anything. Like, if tofu was made of wood, that's what a chestnut would... I, I remember there was a two-year-old boy in Sunday school class, and he was drawing a picture of the nativity scene, and you could, and he drew Joseph and Mary, and then the baby Jesus, and you could see the three wise men. And in the background, there was um, a person who was kind of heavy-set, like kind of chubby, really. Um, and the teacher said, so who is that? And he was like, round young virgin. Like, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Anything but... There's just a lot of stuff about Christmas That if you think about it Like when I was a kid Like we grew up at the chapel on the hill And every Christmas Eve We would always do the Christmas story And I remember just being in church It was packed Everybody was all dressed up And I was walking down the main aisle in my bathroom, with Elmer's glue and cotton balls on my face, with our dog, Pam. And I thought, because I was a shepherd, and when you think about it, it was kind of weird, but actually the whole thing about shepherds, like that shepherds were the welcoming committee of the King of Kings. I mean, you know. That's really pretty weird when you think about it. Like, where was the mayor of Bethlehem? Where was the president of the Chamber of Commerce? (laughs) Like, I think when angels, when the angels were given the commission to go to earth with the greatest news that had ever been given, and they might have thought, where is he sending us? To Rome? Maybe he's sending us... To Jerusalem, maybe they thought they were going to fly in the window of Herod's bedroom, and all of the sudden, say at the same time, "The King of Kings is in a barn." Come on, man, you need to do better, better than this. Not, not good enough. But they broke through the clouds, and there was an open field of shepherds, and they might have looked at each other and said, "Are you sure this is right?" Like. Who has the GPS? I mean, this is really where where we're supposed to be. But shepherds, when you think about it, were the perfect welcoming committee for the King of Kings because Jesus, when he was born, Jesus was almighty God who became a human being, a human baby. And he grew up to be a human boy. And then he was a human teenager. And then he was a human grown-up. And he came to teach us how to live and he came to show us how to live. And nobody's ever followed either one of those. Nobody's ever followed his teachings or his example. He came primarily to die for us to pay for us that horrible, dark day. And he rose from the dead and he offers to whoever wants it because of what he did, a complete forgiveness of everything you've ever done, do or will do. A new start, a new heart, a place in his family and a place in his home forever. And it's a gift, it's free. All you have to do is say, I need this, I want it, I'll take it. Shepherds had a reputation for being candidates for that. They were rude. They were rowdy. We had shepherds that worked in the fields around our house where we lived in Italy, and they drank like a whole lot, you know. So if I was giving an offer of a free new start, a free forgiveness, I would want to offer it to someone who might be open to a deal like that. So. You know, there's another reason why I think shepherds were a perfect welcoming committee, is that shepherds spent their days and they spent their nights in open fields under the Judean sky. In New York City at night, if you look up, you can see 30 stars. If you're out in the country and you look up, you can see 30 stars. You can see 3,000 stars. If you have binoculars, you can see probably 30,000 stars at night. If you have a good telescope, you can theoretically see 3 million stars at night. But there are 100 million billion stars in our galaxy that is 600 trillion miles across. And there are 100 million billion galaxies like ours. The nearest star to us after our sun is 25 million miles away. There is a star that is so big that its diameter is, it's 27 million times bigger than the sun. Its diameter is the size of the orbit of Jupiter. And I think about shepherds in their fields at night looking up into all of that. And they're thinking, I'm just little old me. I'm so tiny in this universe. Do I matter at all? Does anybody care that I'm here? And an angel broke through the heavens and said, unto you, unto whom me? Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord And they said, let us go therefore unto Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us. I don't know how we're going to get in. The crowds are going to be massive. The lines are going to be longer than Dollywood. I don't know how we're going to see this. And when they finally got there and found the mother and the baby, there was nobody there but them. It was truly unto them that he came. There's another reason, though. I thought of another reason why shepherds were the perfect welcoming crowd. And it comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. There's a part where Jesus was telling them the deepest secrets of human happiness. They're called the Beatitudes. Blessed are these people and blessed are those people. The word blessed means happy. Happy are the poor in spirit, happy are people who know I don't have what it takes to make it because they will find that Jesus is more than enough. Happy are those who mourn, Happier those who grieve the fact and grieve the day that they discover I'm not the person I thought I was. That's a key to happiness because he's more than you could imagine. Happy are the meek, happy are the people who realize I'm not better than anyone because you'll find he's better than everyone. But there's one that says, blessed, happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. The word righteousness is a word that basically means justice. It's a word that's used 417 times in the Old Testament. It means to care for people. It means to care for people that most people don't care for it to care for the disfavored for the marginalized for the disadvantaged micah said what does god require of you but that you do justice and love mercy the word for mercy is a word that really means love that you care that you care about caring and that you love love And the ones they were most supposed to care about and most supposed to love were what one person called the quartet of the disfavored, the orphan, the widow, the immigrant who was fleeing from persecution or famine or danger, and the poor. Job said in Job 29 when he was kind of defending himself and he said, I have robed myself in justice. Justice is the turban on my head because I have been, for example, the eyes to the blind and I have been the feet to the lame and I have been the one who has given himself for the cause of the immigrant and I have been a father to the poor. Shepherds were super poor. Where we live, shepherds, shepherds used to come into the city at Christmas time to beg for money and they would play these things called the zamponia. And a zamponia is like a bagpipe, but it's a goat. It's like a goat. It's a hollowed-out goat, like an empty goat. And they have a mouthpiece that blows in one end and, a, and a, like a flute that comes out of the other end. And they just blow into this goat. And the head's hanging down, the feet are hanging down. And they were just begging for money. And if I was poor, I would hope for a better world. I would hope for a world where people cared about caring and people loved loving, especially poor people. If I was a shepherd, I would hope for a better world where people cared for a poor person like me. And they had heard good news of a king who had come. The word good news is a Greek word. It's the word euangelion. Eu means good. Angelion means news. It's where we get the word evangel or evangelize. And they had heard good news of a king that a great poet said was going to take the world out of the age of iron and lead it into the golden age of a new world order. And his name would be called Caesar Augustus. The first time the word Eohangelion was ever used, it was used about him. How did that go for you there, shepherds? He appointed a sub-king over God's chosen people, over the Jewish people in Judah, whose name was Herod. And from 67 BC to 37 BC, 150,000 Jewish people died. Because they were not willing to be subjugated to a king as wicked as he. Because they had hopes of a better king. They had promises. Micah chapter 5 promised that a better king was coming. A better world brought to you by a better king. It said... 700 years before the first Christmas There was a prophecy that said Out of you Bethlehem Ephratah Not the big one but the little one Will come forth the one whose going forth Are from of old, from everlasting And he will shepherd his people In the power of his strength And if I was a shepherd I might think The king is a shepherd like me the king has a sh- the heart of a shepherd. Jesus said, "Shepherds, those shepherds, shepherds who had a heart for their work, were people who cared about their sheep. They loved them. They gave them names. They knew all the names of all of their sheep, and their sheep knew they cared about them, and their sheep listened to them." I read. I read one time in 1989. It was when the. In, this was in Palestine, and there were some tensions, and because of some tax regula- regulations, soldiers had had to confiscate all of the sheep and goats in one village. They had about 170 sheep and goats in one pen. And one morning there was a woman who came and she was weeping and crying and she had a little boy with her and she said, my husband is gone. All I have left is my son and we have 17 sheep and they are in here and I want to have them back would you please give me my sheep back and they said how are we going to find 17 sheep and 170 and she said My little boy can find them if you'll give him a chance. They said, go ahead. So he walked in the gate in the middle of all those sheep, and he pulled out a flute, and he began to play it. And then he began to sing, and 17 heads popped up. And then he began to walk slowly and steadily towards that gate, and they fell in behind him and walked right out of the gate with them, with soldiers cheering and clapping and laughing. Shepherds were willing. They cared about their sheep. They named them. And they were willing to give their lives for them. What if we had a king with a heart like that? Who cares about us. And who knows our name. And who would give his life for us. If I was a shepherd in Bethlehem, I would think... I don't care about people that way. What if the king cared about people the way I care about sheep? I don't care about people that way. I mean, I don't really care about them all that. I care about my sheep, not so much about them. There's people I should know their name. I don't know it. I don't really care to know it. And I wouldn't give my life for them. I probably wouldn't give them 10 bucks if they asked me that. (laughs) That's why this world is such a mess. It's because this is a world where people don't care about caring. And people don't love, love enough. And that's why we've made such a mess of it. And if I was a shepherd in Bethlehem, I would think that's really why we have all the sheep we have. All these sheep and all these lambs that we care about so much. They're going to wind up one day going down the road to Jerusalem where they're going to give their lives and sacrifice for all the messes that we've made. Because we don't care about caring. And we don't love love enough. And it's never really changed anybody. We've been doing it for generations. We've been doing it for centuries. The only people who are really sad about it are us because we love and care about these sheep and care about these lambs. If the people who took our sheep down that road so they could give their lives for our messes, if they cared about them as much as we do, if they love these sheep and lambs as much as we do, They might make better decisions. And then I might think, what if there is a king who is coming, who has the heart of a shepherd, a heart like mine, who feels about people the way I feel about sheep, who cares about us, who loves us, who knows our names, who would give his life for us, like a shepherd would, but also like my lamb would, the lamb that I love. What if there was a king who had the heart of a shepherd, who cared about me, who knew my name, and who would give his life for me, like a shepherd would, like a lamb would, like the lambs that I love. And what if I loved him, like I love this lamb? What if there was a king who had the heart of a shepherd and the heart of a lamb, and he loved me, and I loved him? Wouldn't that be the beginning of a better me? And in my little world, my home, my family, my school, my community, where my people are, if I was a better me, wouldn't that be a better world? Wouldn't a better me, loving this king, be the start of a better world? And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were very afraid, and the angel said unto them, Don't be afraid. I bring you an Aon Gileon, good news of great joy that will be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the babe in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And they said unto each other, let us go therefore. Suddenly, there was with an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to men and women. A better world. Because I'm a better me.
0: You called the light right out of dark, made day and night, and named the stars. Now lying in the straw, you're helpless in your mud. a sheep so far astray, but the shepherd has become the lamb. and small. You cannot even speak or crawl. You came down here to pay, to give your life away. Jesus, Lord, the The Lamb to end with your last few breaths, you will forgive us for your death. You came down here to pay, to give your life like away. You Jesus, Lord, the great I am. Shall not be in want. He makes me love.